Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Shutdown Full Cast. That was a nice ad there. Thank you. It was soothing. Wait, that was an accident. Okay. <laughs> Good God. What just happened? The only college football podcast on these internets is off to a stellar start already. Um, we are going to review the week that was. Um, I, I just like- realized something. It's kind of it's kind of messed up that that ad was a song, had a song called "Summertime Lover," and it came I don't out. Actually, like- know what's playing? Wait, why is "Summertime Love" playing? It came what out right at the end of summer. Computer. Wait, it's coming out of my computer. Yeah, I don't know you- what. What is it? Button. I have no idea. I just mute it all. Before we die. So Jason, oh God. however you hacked their computer so that they have to listen to Summertime Lover to no, do this was, podcast. It was coming from the Slack channel I tried to export last night. Get up, get up. Like it was playing up. all those media files at once. Which is why Summertime Love was in there like five and times. Nine, and nine other things. Okay. That's what Slack is for, I think. Yeah. When I yeah. think work productivity... I think sneaky renditions of Summertime Lover. Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. <laughs> Take it from the top. What, 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 what? We can cut all this out in post, right? Just edit no. it out in post. We can't. We don't know how. They didn't actually, Vox didn't give us the edit button. It's like Twitter. It's very true. <laughs> um, I can't believe that happened. We, I, speaking of things I can't believe happened, whoa! Hit the segue. Uh, this was not a blood week. I think at the very top there were a couple. There was you know one one shocker, 
this week, but there's a rule about Blood Week. Jason's sort of our minister of uh, the week, of the Samana del Sangre, if you will. Jason, was this a Blood Week? So I think as a couple people tweeted back at the people who were asking if it's a blood week, uh, they said, if you have to ask if it's a blood week, it's probably not a blood week. And I would like to elevate that wisdom from the crowds uh, to the rest of the congregation. This It's funny, like, since we discovered this concept and have worked to enshrine it. Which we're glad you love. Yeah, it's great. You know, yeah, we, we, we all look forward to it happening. We're all very excited. We've noticed for about a year or two now that pretty much every time a top 10 team loses, people start tweeting at the full cast account and various other accounts saying, is this it? Is this it? Is this blood week? And as the full cast account itself will remind you each Saturday, patience. You'll know when you know. The, the groundwork when we went back uh, and researched all of it, the standard I had for historical blood week is four top 10 losses, preferably all of them upsets. Like that's when you know you've hit really, really good shit. And we've done that about once a year for the past decade or so. Um, in the explainer that, that Ryan and I put together, we said, let's say two top 10 upsets at very minimum, plus some other stuff. So and I think, I think you- we got closer. We did get closer than maybe we realized because like if USC completes that comeback and beats Notre Dame, if Iowa upsets Penn state at home, if Wazoo beats Arizona state, that's a thing we have to talk about here because life is dumb. If Texas tech doesn't lose in double overtime to like there, there were at least a, a few makings of a potential blood week ish product. Yeah, substitute here, but there was not nearly enough on the page. Yeah, I think there was a lot of seasonings that could have gone along well if, say, Iowa had beaten Penn State and another top ten. You know, like if if we throw in FCS games, then we're pretty close because top ten Towson and Montana State lost to unranked teams. See, now we're cooking. Yeah, but that's not really. A this thing is we sort have of this. This is this was more of like the veggie chili relationship here. Like, yeah, okay. It's got some stuff. I wouldn't really go out, go crazy and say blood week chili. Here it is. That sounds delicious, by the way. (laughs) The other thing here is like we have looked at the history here and we can stress patience. And it's not just it's not just a word like this is the historical trend. The shit really starts to pick up right now. And like you'll see as we do these historical, you know, these weekly ish episodes on the history of it, like you'll see the shit really starts to pick up over the last half of the season. I believe we will get our we will get our holiday this year. Just not yet. I bet there's one person that really wishes it had been Blood Week because in Blood Week, the attention is spread around between three, four, sometimes five different car wrecks all happening at once. One person who really wishes that had not been the case uh, or that had been the case and that they weren't really the only spectacle on display. And that's, that's Kirby smart because this week, you know what Georgia did? Georgia managed to poop its pants in a moderately sized town. Okay. (laughs) Ryan, go on. Ryan, you're getting ready to leave New York, right? 
Yeah, uh, very soon. Very, are very, you, very soon. Are you, one, buying all the Rutgers gear you can buy? Um, no. That, Speaking uh, of pooping. No. You need to go ahead and get on that. Two, because, you know, it is New York's team, so you got to get all the swag. I thought that was Northwestern. Um, as a Medill grad, I will tell you, our loyalty to Chicago is unending, so long as Chicago is at an 18-mile distance, and mm. we never actually have to go there. Mm. Big Chicago sports fan, where you live, Evanston. So, the second question I have for you is this. You live in New York. You've probably walked by people, you probably walk by people who poop their pants, like, every other day. Spencer, I've seen a man shitting in the street. I'm not making that up. I think my definitely my first year in New York. Full cat wants to register his enthusiasm for shitting in the street. My first year in New York, I think like my first couple of months, I saw a man in between two parked cars in the middle of the day just taking a shit. Yeah. That dude's having a worse day than you are. Right. Just a different just a different one. It might be going pretty good. Yeah, he could be like, you know what I want to do today? I'm going to poop between two cars. Bucket list. I should point out that Spencer has been trying to take his shirt off without muting the microphone or removing his headphones for like the past five minutes. Layers. Today was the first day I could wear layers down here and it tried to be a mistake because it, it, it heated up. He won't let me take a picture. Yeah, it's bad. So at any rate, you don't want to poop your, you want to poop your pants in New York because nobody's really going to notice. Right. However... It's hard to be the, the like, most disgusting, most shameful person in New York. There's Correct. a lot of competition. But, like, Kirby made the mistake of pooping his pants in, like, downtown Milwaukee. Right? He made the mistake of pooping his pants in Chattanooga. Yeah, we got to go somewhere warm because, like, mm, you it, want to, it, you it want was de- up. detectable. Yeah, <laughs> Chattanooga's yeah. got a river. That's there, right. there was there was wafting going on. I mean, you could just say Athens. It's it's <laughs> that's true. It's, it's not big. Everything is walkable. People are walking right past it. It's warm. So yeah, that's um, that is everything that we we need you to know. That the actual thing that occurred was Kirby Smart being the only one to poop his pants. Right. If you want to take this to kindergarten, you don't want to be the only kid pooping your pants in kindergarten, right? I, well, it's really more like third grade at this point. Third grade. Yeah. Um, we've moved those goalposts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because nothing took the attention away from Georgia somehow losing 20 to 17 to South Carolina. Was this in was this in Columbia? That might be understandable. That's an interesting road game that you might not have prepared for. No, no, no. this was this was in the Sanford, hallowed Sanford Stadium. By the way, don't don't tell me that like you know South Carolina celebrated by pulling stuff out of the hedges and they're like, oh, they touched our beloved hedges, Barbara, Barbara, call the sheriff. They touched our hedges. Those hedges, those hedges are like every other plant in Georgia. Okay, they're indestructible, evil. And they will eventually devour your corpse. Take them. Set fire to them. They won't burn. I promise you. Go sir, ahead. sir, Coach Muschamp, you must know that, that that's part of the course and it's a free drop. <laughs> the box hedge is the tenderest of creatures. You can't pull it out with a truck. It's fine. 
Also, y'all tore that shit down for Olympic soccer. No, stop, stop, stop pretending you're Southern. You tore that shit down for soccer. You can't, you can't complain about somebody taking a little cutting from, from the bushes, right? Until you quit emptying your RV sewage onto the quad, all right? It's fine. It's fertilizer. I've seen your kid. That's public grass. Yeah, that's fine. My taxes pay for this, this <laughs> shit outlay. Yeah, no, you don't get to complain about that, all right? Not until you not until you do what I have seen honestly every other Georgian in my life do, which is throw trash out of your car window and go, "Oh man, I hate it when things are dirty." Car's clean now. No, you don't get to do that, all right? Well, it just you shouldn't don't put something that can be turned into an easy trophy so so handy, you know? Like if if Washington, if the University of Washington had a bunch of apple trees growing, you know, behind one of the end zones, because they were like, hey, this looks cool and it's, you know, part of local culture or whatever. Every time Oregon wins on the road that game, Oregon Oregon players are going to have apples in their mouths. Like, that shit's just going to happen. So, you know what we should do? We should surround our football field with snapping turtles. You know what they're going to do? They'll just, like, LSU comes to your place. They're just going to cook them on the spot. With their hand inside the snapping turtle's mouth. Yeah. When, when is he going to let go? Oh, and this hits about 400 degrees. <laughs> either he, either he going to eat me or I'm going to eat him. I call this a grown-up lollipop. <laughs> this ain't That's my first, just a big glove. <laughs> this ain't my first time. How many times have you done that? How many times I ain't? That's a better question. <laughs> Out here gigging snapping turtles. Yeah, you don't get to do that because you know what else you don't get to do? You don't get to complain when everybody so far watching your team this season has gone, hey, y'all should try to do something on offense. Shut up. Second gear's fine. <laughs> Jake from... <laughs> 16 miles an hour. Yeah, we're running in the red because we believe in Georgia. We're just. <laughs> if you run it in fifth gear too much, it uh, burns the manifold thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, too, it's too fuel efficient. Ugh. It's gross. I'm going to roll coal here. <laughs> <laughs> That's what UGA was doing. Rolling coal five <laughs> yards per pass attempt. <laughs> Take that limbs. Because there's an actual football point contained in this, which is that George has just been nibbling people to death on offense and letting the defense carry the rest and hoping the run game provides your explosive plays and occasionally letting Jake Fromm off the leash. I don't know who's been saying that other than anyone who's been watching the Georgia Bulldogs play football this year. Anyone. Um, I described it in great detail before it even happened in the middle of a game last week. If you were on our Slack channel. And you know who loses to teams like that? People who try the haymaker. People who try the big play. People who try to actually do something. Because one general trend in football is this. The team that tries less and has less ambition, over time, you're probably going to have a more steady record. I didn't say better record. I just said more consistent, right? Unfortunately, you know who Georgia ran up against this week? Someone who tries even less. (laughs) They ran up against the Super Kirby. They ran up <laughs> Mega Kirby. They ran up against the Mike, the Micro Muschamp versus the the Mega Muschamp, the original Muschamp, Machamp himself, the Pokemon at the end of all of the Dumb Rage Pokemons, Will 
Must champ. South Carolina didn't try to do anything. They didn't even control their players. Javon Kinlaw on the defensive line, he put himself back in the game. You know who said that? Must champ. Because after the game, Must Champ said, Yeah, we told Kinlaw to come off for a blow. And he just said, To hell with y'all and walked down the field. You ever seen him? He's real tall. I just let him go. That man's not even in control of his own team. And, and they won by not doing anything. Just do less if you're playing a team that's conservative. Because it works. Georgia lost to some anarchists. <laughs> Like like anarchists who don't like smash windows who just like sit in the way of the door, you know, like the obstructionist type anarchist. The, the, the fucked up thing is that when you think of like big upsets, you can usually go back and say like, oh, when they did this one thing, that's when you knew like they were going for the th- – they were really trying to win this game. You know, there was a flea flicker or they threw the ball – they threw a deep ball on third and one, or they went for it on fourth and eight and they got it, or they faked a punt. Like what there's there's usually something. Yeah. There's nothing here. There's there is nothing. I mean, look, South Carolina's defense played very well, had a little bit of luck, but not like an outsized amount. Their offensive line kept the quarterbacks mostly clean. Ish except for the one who got knocked out of the game. Um, but there's there's nothing that you can point to and say, like, yes, that was when Will Muschamp decided, like, we're all right. Who's with me? We're storming. He's no. Will Muschamp's like, no, stay in the police station. The zombies are out there. Leave them. <laughs> They'll run out of stuff to eat eventually. <laughs> it's fine. They run out of ammo. Jake Fromm's out in the middle of the street, like, pow, 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 pow. Yeah, you just listen. He'll run out of bullets eventually. 50. He threw 51 times. 51 times. I think in, George, in Georgia's offense against the zombies, Jake Fromm has like a boomerang. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's not a shotgun. It's, yeah. He's got, a, he's got an automatic fire staple gun. That's he's what they've set knife. him up with. He's got, a, he's got a bow and arrow, but just the one arrow. And he's really good at it. So you're like, wow. <laughs> Man, you but you got to go get it every time. Oh, that sucks. How do you throw 51 times and not hit 300 yards? How? Just just the, you're just the the micro nibbler. Just just trying desperately to put the ball somewhere between the 4-yard mark and the 7-yard mark. That's designed, by the way. It's not like South Carolina was, you know, bringing them close. This is also another problem with Georgia, Loki. They don't have anyone to stretch the field. None. None of their perimeter players are getting off. It's not just design. It's partially designed. But they don't have anybody who's going to stretch the field or make something happen on the perimeter by themselves. The only person they have to do that is DeAndre Swift. That's it. So what better way to try and win a game with a team that wasn't even going to try to do much than to do less? The sloth of the SEC South Carolina. You know what slots do when their coats get mold on them? They use them as camouflage. That's South Carolina football right now. <laughs> Down to their third string QB in OT, which they got to, by the way. G- Ryan, I'm going to have an aneurysm if I describe it. Please tell them what happened to get them to OT. So South Carolina has the ball 
Um, I have the play-by-play here, so I'm going to make sure that I go to it and not um, completely cock up what happened here. They start with the ball right after Georgia has tied the game. Uh, They've got a minute 48 to go, and they move the ball successfully down to the inside the Georgia 47 with plenty of time to go. They don't have total success, but they're facing a fourth and three with 45 seconds to go. Georgia has just called a timeout at this point. Now they're at the 40. So it's kind of a, in a kind of a tweener place. They could punt. They could say, let's just go to overtime or let's see if you can drive the ball deep down the field with only 45 seconds to go. And, um, I think you they only had one timeout left. Now they had two timeouts left at that point, or you can go for it. Fourth and three, not at all an unmakeable distance. Um, and even if you don't pick it up, they're still going to have to go a little bit of a ways. Um, or you could do what they did and attempt a 57-yard field goal that missed very, very, very far right and gave the, gave Georgia the ball back at the 40 with 40 seconds to go. <clears throat> at that point, Georgia got to um, inside South Carolina territory pretty quickly. And with 13 seconds to go, they ha- they, they've called timeout. It's second and five. They throw two incomplete passes. Mm-hmm. One of them has an illegal shift that backs them up 43 yards, or five yards, rather, to the 43. With On the last play of the game, from the 43, and it's high game, when you do have a maybe the best kicker you've had in school history, you would think maybe that is the time where you would say, okay, let's trot him out here and try, what is that, a 60-yard field goal? Yeah. Like, is he going to make it? Probably not. Do you need to be prepared for a kick six? Yes. But other than that, there are pretty much no major downsides. Nope. Just attempted an incomplete pass that didn't go anywhere. And that's how we got to go to overtime, where just so much stupid shit happened. And over yeah. a double overtime that ended with how many total points scored? Three. Between both teams? Three. Three. Do we think you, you two broke down uh, a lot of the dumb stuff in the top whatever Sunday morning? Um, but there was also like weird coaching decisions. And I think most of them were by Kirby. Um, like a weird timeout, that weird kick thing you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we think that he looked up, looked across the field, saw a guy wearing glasses? This would be Will Muschamp and thought. Oh shoot! They got a smart guy. Oh, they got a they got a grand they got a chess grandmaster. Uh oh, they got a big brain over there. I better really bring it, college boy. I'm gonna have to dig <laughs> in my analytics. He went where? Oh, he must be smart. Yeah, the I think it was, <laughs> I forget who tweeted it, but uh, toward the end of this game, someone just tweeted, "Both these men have degrees from the University of Georgia." And it was the funniest thing I saw all Saturday, uh, outside of our Slack, at least. This car, th- this entire game was just one long warning about having people from rural Georgia manage a football team. It was there was really no other conclusion I could arrive to. There was something else we didn't mention that to carry on Joiner, the third string quarterback, who didn't get sacked despite being the third string quarterback on a team that gave up almost three sacks a game against a team. That, get, that likes to get about three sacks a game, 
He on third and six, carry on joiner runs for three yards. It is fourth and three, and the clock is ticking. Georgia calls a timeout to let South Carolina, if they're thinking about going for fourth and three, draw something up that's pretty nice. Decide, ponder, review their options, or to give the kicker more time to, to rehearse. Just just to let it go. Just let, just, yeah, what? What the hell were you doing, Kirby? What the hell? And that was when they gave Will Muschamp preparation time. (laughs) And as we know, being from the internet, you give Batman preparation time and he can defeat anyone. This also goes for Will Muschamp. He'll apply his big old glasses brain and you're sunk. It was like giving it was like when you have a dog that doesn't understand object permanence and you go, I'm going to give it a little bit longer to realize the ball is under the bowl and it comes back and it's like, you made it disappear. Sorcerer. Roar, 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 roar. Go dogs. <laughs> yeah, this is this is not this is to me not an aberration. That's usually what you think with an upset. You go, oh, man, you know, this is just a lot of weird things happened and a lot of nope. This this is very much in keeping with the 2019 team. And I don't even know if it's entirely just Kirby Smart being super conservative. I just don't think I think part of it is that they can't do a lot with their perimeter players or down the field or at least don't trust them to, but a lot of it's them being super conservative. Now watch, I said all this and like Jake Fromm's going to throw 23 times for 400 yards against Florida. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have the talent, so I think it is more the trust and, you know, the trust and all that, because, like, we know they have the talent all over the roster. And how where does the trust come in? Because, like, no, I'm, I'm saying they, the lack of trust in that talent too. in, in Jake Fromm, Like, that's that's the thing that floors me is that they're collaring him like he's a freshman. He's going to be kind of the inverse of, you know, every year we, we have like that, uh, that like Mac quarterback who threw for like 5,000 yards and we're like, oh, I hope this guy goes in the seventh round. With Jake Fromm, it's going to be like, yeah, he threw for like nine yards in college, but you should probably draft him. I've never seen him play football before, but I bet he's good at it. It's real tall. There's, there's also that. Oh, he's going to be a jet. It's going to be great. Oh. Never had a game with never had a game with with more than two interceptions, and he keys in with three here. He threw six. Remember, when you're a jet, last year. you're a jet for life, and that's why Sam Darnold keeps trying to get sick. I thought you were going to launch into a song, and I was so ready. I know. I'm sorry. I believe it is time for podcast business. Podcast, podcast business. business. What's that business? Podcast business. I don't really know how to do it as well. You you had a little like you had a little like uh, a growl in your voice there. Yeah, it's because it's the the Ogeron. Oh, I thought you were doing DMX. Yeah, I was about to pull up instant rap air horn. I'm just the I'm just the drum machine, the cheap drum machine that keeps going in the background. <laughs> the washer <laughs> or the dry the dryer, right? <laughs> I wish my dryer had an air horn. I'm sure DMX has at some point said to, you know, told the listener to suck an animal's dick. I'm sure that's happened. This is crazy. It's actually harder to think of songs where he probably hasn't done. Well, that's, that's... not true because there are two DMX songs. Um, I will kill you and everyone you love. 
and please, Lord, why must I deal with so much pain? Yeah. <laughs> See, point one. <laughs> Refer to point two. <laughs> um, first item in podcast business, we're doing a live I'm show. I don't even have DMX on the soundboard. What is this shit? None of it would be clean. It's fine. Um <laughs> We're doing Thank a live you. show in Jacksonville, Florida, home of rap's greatest act, Limp Biscuit. That's right. Greatest rapper is alive. I'm not talking for the rest of the segment. I, I, w- I would like to be excluded from this narrative. I don't want to get emails. Here's the thing. Maybe Limp Biscuit will be at the show. I can't prove that they won't. Yeah, it's we not have, like they're busy. We haven't asked them to, and I would prefer that they didn't, but it could happen. I bet they'd really get the show rolling. Okay. When I say God damn you, I want to make sure I'm being very clear that I'm actually asking for a higher power of some sort to strike you dead. Well, don't ask for it in Jacksonville. God ain't been there in years. You go to 25snakes.com. That is where you can find tickets to this show where God will not damn Spencer. It's, he might. It's, you it's don't safe know. ground. No, it's safe ground from the Lord. Probably. Oh, that's a great point. We're also going to go around Jacksonville telling people that Spencer is Gardner Minshew from the future. Also, we're going to be traveling in a van and God can't see through lead. I'm I'm Gardner Minshew, the poet from the future, after he's given up football and his material wealth and returned to the land. If you hated that, maybe you will hate these ads less, but I can't promise that. There was another song in our hearts, by the way, on Saturday night slash Sunday morning. A song that, um, if you've watched the Fansville ads. Which, how can you not? Yeah, because they're on a lot. Something something will catch anyone from that ad, like at any point. For me, it's, I still hear the line, that's my that's his Dr. Pepper hand from Dr. Eddie George. Which, of all the celebrity cameos in that, yeah. I feel most secure in it was a real the, life appearance. It, it was the, uh, I think, the girlfriend of the guy with the wounded it was i found her on instagram by the way her name's natasha uh she's lovely she's also a a lady bodybuilder which is awesome uh and really didn't show under her like waitress apron that she had to wear last season but she's jacked so she knows all about like dominant hand yeah yeah she's grilling exercising for grip, but everybody in the Banner Society Slack that we keep going on Saturdays, which um, they can, they, anyone listening to this can get into that, correct? They just need to, uh, they just need yeah. to request. There's a, Except there's for a, like there's three a, people, yeah. There's a Google form. <laughs> Except for the people who have already made their way out. <laughs> Except for the people who have. No, there's only like three of those, which is kind of a miracle. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you've been the person who's been told you're too dumb to have a good time. <laughs> You're too go, dumb go for rooms literally labeled nonsense and cannibals. <laughs> the, the room called nonsense. You got thrown out of that one. So you're going to need your own slack. But the okay. thing about Saturday night is that this didn't even take place in our most nonsensical room. It took place in our middle of the road room. Yeah. Now explain to me what happened with Fansville because Ryan and I were, were sort of distracted at the time. I'm going to let Jason kick this off and then I'm going to pull some highlights. So the football nonsense room is the one that's it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a bridge between football and nonsense. And uh, it's the one where I spend most of my time. And I honestly did not see the actual beginning of the Fansville thing. Um, 
but I sort of, there were a few other joke threads that were going on throughout the day, but eventually everyone just locked in on expanding the lore and canon of Fansville, um, like explicitly saying, let's do this. And at some point, actually, at some point early on, someone said, we need to make a complicated enough lore for Fansville for there to be a TV tropes page, which is like the pinnacle of the internet, by the way, there's a shutdown forecast one. Proves we've made it. If you ask me, that means we're pretty big shit. But uh, so for about two hours, it was just constant, nonstop word association, expanding the world of Fansville, like, you know, coming up with rival towns and jobs for everyone in the town. And who would this like it went on and on and on. Opposing factions like Fantifa. Yeah, (laughs) it was about two hours of the funniest Internet I've ever been a part of. Uh, and in fact, I believe we have retained the logs. Uh, yeah, I, I did attempt to export a lot of this for posterity last night, also for, you know, lore construction. Um, but it, it was surprisingly genial for an enormous group of strangers who have decided that this Dr. Pepper ad is using race as a construct, uh, for, for soda pop. (laughs) So uh, among the things that, that were decided upon last night, uh, for one thing, everyone agrees that Gus Malzahn is the coach of Fansville High. That's pretty much unanimous. Uh, we've decided that Fansville is a red city, but Tech has a blue flag, so it's probably a swing state. Uh, we have decided that Fansville is crazily gerrymandered uh, in favor for state. And people act like they're they're people act like that doesn't bother them, but secretly there's uh, there's a lot of build up against it. Uh, Fansville is also suffering with a crippling caffeine addiction problem that is their analog to the opioid epidemic. You get it, or you don't. Uh, but also the 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 part that really stuck with me was somebody just saying America's best political explanations are Dr Pepper commercials and. I can't find any argument against that for the past few years. No. Also, we decided Lars von Trier's elephant took place in Fansville. (laughs) There was a point when people were just throwing out questions and it it, it was like whoever answered the first answer was perfect. Good. That's canon now. Next. Next question. Uh, The Fansville mayor is 100% a neoliberal that is destroying the middle class by cozying up to outside capital that gentrifies the city core. Nobody argued against that. There was uh, someone said, who's our judge? And the instant response was Lou Holtz, but he's totally blind. Also, Larry Culpepper is Xi Jinping in this universe, (laughs) um, which honestly, that took so long. That, That would involve its own show to explain how we got there. But everyone, again, instantly agreed. I'm tired of these splittists in Section 408. There was, uh, at one point, we were talking about, like, how do we date things? What year is this? And uh, someone suggested it's it's such and such BC, but then someone realized that's before Culpepper. Culpepper invented the college football playoff in 2014. This is already canon. Therefore, the year right now is uh, five. Yes. Right? It's uh, five also, after Dr. Culpepper. Let's, uh, among our other lores, uh, Dr. Pepper Darkberry uh, is a false prophet with an underground cult in the town uh, and dr pepper cherry is the evangelical group trying to lead people back to the enlightened path i kind <laughs> of want to i have never played the most recent fallout i think it's fallout 76 
um, the the online only one. I I would kind of like somebody to create a fansville in Fallout that we can all live in. So here's a critical detail: you need you need a fansville, and then you need a second residential area nearby. Right. Because at one point someone said, "All right, so what's the Hogville of Fansville?" And we realized, no, 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 no. Hogville is a separate town. Hogville is not an Arkansas Razorbacks message board. I don't know if the Arkansas Razorbacks exist in the universe of Hogville. Hogville is in- a heavily fortified nearby town. Hogville is kind of the Parks and Rec Eagleton to Fansville. <laughs> <laughs> we fucking hate that place. Someone says that place has powerful Craig James energy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we decided uh, Craig James is from Fansville, but fled to Hogsville and they're refusing to extradite him back. I like this because uh, I, I picture like a Hogville sending war rigs to try to intercept Dr. Pepper shipments. Yeah, but like really, <laughs> really fucking snobby war rigs. <laughs> walk also away, the, walk away from the Dr. Pepper. Also, there were pigs. <laughs> oh, uh, the transfer portal is real. Um, it takes you to Hogville, so it's heavily guarded. Yeah, there's uh, a Stargate aspect to the transfer portal in Hogsville. Yeah. Uh, there's the question of whether it's in America. We don't know that. Can't prove it for sure. Uh, the notion that every time Coke puts out a new flavor, Fansville nervously crosses a flavor off the heavily secured list of 23 flavors in Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I missed that. There was, uh, one of the questions people threw out was, in Fansville, do we believe in the moon landing? And this kind of stumped everyone, so we did a poll, and this eventually <laughs> led to... <laughs> I'm telling you, you guys who are watching the games missed out. We eventually realized that if you went to state, you don't believe in the moon landing. But if you went to tech, you do. Because <laughs> like tech, right? That's the smart school. Yeah. Uh, right. Also, there's a private school that they never talk about. Um, oh, Our Lady of St. Francis. Was that it? <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. It went on and on and on and on. There was like uh, the what was it the town council is like larry the cable guy jeff foxworthy and urban meyer (laughs) (laughs) and larry the cable guy is constantly disappointed at urban meyer i assume yeah sure yeah come on man you gotta make better choices oh i found a a list of schools i was looking for incarnate fansville our lady of fansville uh fansville methodist has also received the death penalty for money and coke (laughs) shenanigans as in coca-cola Someone said the uh, official religion of Fansville is game day superstitions. <laughs> uh, the like, only concerts that happen in Fansville. I gotta wear my, gotta wear my lucky drawers. Why? To get into heaven? No, so we'll beat tech. The only concerts that take place in Fansville are the Summertime Love Guys and Progressive on Ice. Um, is there is there an off-season in Fansville? Fuck no. Okay. No, no, this is like yeah. a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern setup, right? They're not aware right. of an off-season. Oh, we decided their high school yeah. rival was Flavortown? <laughs> <laughs> there is, uh, every movie theater just plays game film. Just, that's where you go. You just go grind film. They're replaying the Cheez-It Bowl there. Mm. So it's a horror dude, movie. Dude, it just went on for fucking ever. It was awesome. And, in fact, I don't think it's done yet. This, no. is, this is better than my original theory that it was all a Truman show set up for Brian Bosworth, the real Brian Bosworth. I think we ended up deciding it takes place in the roller coaster tycoon universe. <laughs> I think Brian Bosworth is like 
he's like in charge of like something like the fire department. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, cause you don't want to make him a cop. We decided, of course, Pat Fitzgerald is the sheriff. Now, um, you, you know, the first thing I'm going to do when we open up the slack next weekend is create a fansville fanfic room. Yes. That would make my job a lot room. easier. Uh, I will. And all right, you're right. I'll do that first. The second thing I'm going to do is I'm going to ask the, the crowd. Did 9-11 happen in Fansville? Oh, okay. God damn it. <laughs> We're gonna, you know what? You said it this early. We're going to get some like documents and slideshows and shit. <laughs> Actually, they were asking, can we leave this open as a Fansville role-playing room seven yeah. days a week? So you do it one day and they might figure out how to hack it and just stay there. I also have some quotes from Ice-T in Fansville SVU. It's big with the kids. They mix fiberglass insulation with pencil shavings and cocaine call it a dr pepper five pack there was there was talk of grand theft auto fansville actually yeah we should really that's easy we should do that yeah we had you know, it sounds fucking tiny so i've yeah. been wishing openly for openly for several years for the heisman house to devolve into this like dystopian hellscape from which none of them can escape from either the trappings <laughs> of fame or the house itself but this is way better also are, this are is you, the first positive so, association that anyone on the internet has ever had with a dr pepper ad also See, in, in we, it mind, was not, decided yeah. that uh the dos Equis team is part of the Fansville EU, as is the Heisman House. So, like, mm-hmm. the Dos Equis team is some sort of, that's like a non-conference game. I assume the Heisman House is, like, the haunted Stephen King murder mansion in the town, where where all of those players are actually ghosts. Except Eddie George? Oh, that is a crossover problem. Oh, mm-hmm. he's leading wow. a double life. Wow. Yeah, Eddie, He's posing Eddie as actually, a, mere, a mere doctor. No, see, Eddie is actually, at night, he is, <clears throat> he is of the dead. But he can serve the living so long as he oh, works as a doctor. he's a, a day doctor. walker. That's right. That's yeah. right. Teddy okay. George. Wow. We also need to work in an iZombie sob plot. There are needs. We need serious needs here. Also, to bring it back to stuff we can all talk about, uh, it was decreed that 80s Hulk Hogan could be in Fansville with zero changes. <laughs> find it hard to argue with that. We'll just do Ready Player One with every crap culture like thing we want to create. Ready Player Soda Gun. I don't know. I'll workshop it. Ready Player Six. Yeah. Ready Pepper One. Ready Player Twenty Three. See, it's like Ready Player. Ready Ready Pepper Ten. No, Ready Ready Pepper One's better. That's it. Yeah, it'll be like Ready Player One, but good. Anyway, um, get on. This is this has got to be up there with us talking about movie that came out four years ago. This is going to be up there with us talking about bowl websites. Hey, I just for three weeks. But guys, you got to come join us on Saturdays. It's a fucking blast. Someone made someone made a Fantifa logo. Yeah, we have Fantifa emojis by the end of it, and and fans. Yeah, it was wall of solidarity emojis, and like Matt Brown, who goes to church, currently has an Antifa (laughs) Twitter avi with a Dr Pepper in it. (laughs) Yeah. What I'm trying to say is that our Banner Society Slack may be the last good place left on the internet. And so, the first good place on the internet since we created it. So y'all were evident, y'all were having more fun than I was because I was watching Florida Yeah, LSU. you were watching your team lose to LSU. You hate to see it. Uh, wh- I don't, wait but a, you wait do. Well, you know, I, I'm okay with like... I don't hate to see it at all. I'm okay with all of it. I thought it was a good game. I thought it kind of went like... It made sense. You're not like, oh man, that's exactly what should have happened. No, but like it made sense. Toward the end, Florida's... Dr- 
And that's enough Florida football talk. All right, what's next? (laughs) Do you know, Spencer, we'll we'll ignore these two. It's fine. We usually do. Um, I realized why this LSU loss, this this lost LSU rather, did not make me mad. There was nothing to be like. Why didn't it make you mad? There was no moment where they like pulled the rug out. There was no like, oh, they took my wallet. There was no like, yeah, we converted eight fourth downs and we faked a kickoff. Didn't even know that was a thing, did you? Yep, we just picked it up off the tee and ran with it. And that's legal. Like, if anything, Florida had a couple of plays like that. The the one the one pass in the uh uh the one touchdown pass in the first half that got like tipped and bobbled and caught somehow yeah. comes to mind. It was just I, I it's very hard to remember the last time Florida specifically lost to LSU and it was just like, yep, just got outplayed, just lost to a better team. Yeah, no, there was no point at which it turned into a caper. It was just right. at, at yes. the end. You go, what happened? You, what you, you're like, no. What happened at the end? Oh, they, that, they just uh, blew open got... that window. They had an RPG. Yeah, yeah. This wasn't a heist, right? It wasn't like, ah, we've been watching the wrong video camera footage all the time because they looped it, right? There was no Ocean's Eleven to this whatsoever. No. Um, there was just a 14 point swing of, oh, our defense did something better than your offense did. And then our offense did something way better than your defense did. Congratulations, you're now down by 14. And that's like, that's the difference between LSU this year and last year when you go, well, what do you have to worry about? You could get into the weeds with, well, I don't know, they pass the ball now. And they're No, at root, if you're just going to simplify it, they're playing with sevens and not threes now. Hey, are we still talking about Florida football? Yeah. We are. Got Great, another, let's another, move on. I Can we note the minutes. difference was Joe Burrow's completing 79.4% of his passes on the year? Sure it was. I mean, it's not even just that. They only ran 48 plays. Uh, I'm sorry, folks. I tried to derail them. Keep they going. They only ran 48. No, this is really more about LSU than Florida. They ran. No, yeah. no, it's cool. I'm going to tune out. LSU ran 48 plays and scored 42 points. Yeah. <laughs> Holly's That's going nuts. to Fansville. That's nuts. Uh, buddy, I'm in a Fansville of the mind. Fansville is my Margaritaville. <laughs> Fansville never leaves me now. I just float around in Fansville. Look, I like we're like the librarians in Derry of Fansville. They only conv- converted one third down, but they only got to third down four times in a whole football game. Mm-hmm. It's because yeah. Joe Burrow is too good on first and second down. It was. They're, it was. They're a, a real. They're a real good team. They're. They are like. That's a boring real. answer. They're a real fucking good team. Y'all. I'm taking a lap with the streakers. There's such a. There's just such like. There is something I think like not emotionally satisfying, but it's at least you feel okay if you leave a game and go. That is a better football team, and and they we you at two points you go oh we flinched like we 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 were playing a game of chicken and at that point Florida turned. Hold on. I want Welcome to year eight of us vastly overestimating our audience's interest in our feelings about Florida football. Okay, I want to try something else here. Uh, Tennessee won. I don't want to talk about that either. No, I don't want to talk about that either. Let's talk about a really good football. I would team. like to talk about football games. How about let's let's move elsewhere in the SEC East. Mm-hmm. There is yeah, one yeah. team of interest in the SEC East. That you mean the, you mean the team leading the division? Yeah, yeah the the team. Yeah, let's talk the about team. them currently projected by multiple uh analytics to win the sec east is ineligible to win the sec east <laughs> is that wait how does that work if they can they not go they can't go to the conference championship right 
Correct. Wait, you're telling they, me Kentucky's still in it? Uh, possibly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mizzou is in the same situation as like that UNC team that one year when Miami was also in that same boat, like the old Ohio State team that allowed Wisconsin to go to the Rose Bowl and finish eight and six. Yep. All that shit. Yeah. So, yeah. Georgia's going to like finish second in the SEC East and go That's to the great. SEC title game. I want to pull this. I want to pull off Florida losing to Missouri, beating Georgia, and winning the SEC East despite looking absolutely horrible in their losses. Horrible. Horrible. Just horrible. Yeah, that's what that's what I want coming. There's a like if you review the conference standings right now, right? M- Mizzou would be the SEC East champion, right? Mizzou uh, lost to Wyoming where it's frack time. <laughs> <laughs> um the current leader in the Pac-12 North won't surprise anybody. That's the Oregon Ducks in the South. Who would like to who would like to take a crowbar and oh try to extricate God. my brain from looking at the south? Oh me. Which Arizona is it? Um so four teams are tied at two and one in conference. You had play. Me a crowbar. The other two are at one and two. We'll start at the bottom. UCLA and Colorado. You're a, you're a game back. You're still in Just it, buddy. Just a game back. UCLA, <laughs> come on, man. Um, USC, Arizona State, Utah, and Arizona are all tied at two and one. USC has a head-to-head win over the Utes. Um, Arizona State and Arizona and USC all, I believe, have not played each other. So yeah. Uh, do you want to? Do you want to know who's playing golf? Do you want to know who's who's playing golf here? All right, Arizona State, fittingly playing golf because UCLA. You go, oh man. They haven't scored any points at all. Chip Kelly's been struggling. That's just faded. That's just a cyborg that's taken Chip Kelly's name and is running up credit card debt, right? While the real Chip Kelly is somewhere either underground in a lab or on an alien world being imprisoned, having experiments run on him. Like, what happened to this person that's a, they are not the same coach that they were 10 years ago? Well, they've scored 157 points. 157. The team that is currently tied way up there for the lead... <laughs> The five and one Arizona State Sun Devils. You go 157 points. Doesn't sound like much. Well, a household succeeds through budgeting. Okay, <laughs> and Arizona State, they only have 152 points on the year, and they're still five and one. <laughs> Wins per point. I don't like. That's a terrible stat. Wow. Arizona State's going to win it. Bill Connolly just threw up somewhere. Yeah, it's just like you know, it feels. The disturbance in math somewhere. My uh, my favorite standings thing is that the entire Mac West could go bowling. The entire Mac East could miss bowl season. <laughs> like it's, it's it's darn near likely. In fact, like you might see a six and six Mac East, like Buffalo or Ohio, <laughs> and like then that team loses the conference title game. Oh my god, that's. That's fantastic. I had no idea. Also, in the Big 12, yeah, there's two, there's two teams you haven't lost yet. And one of them is Baylor? You have to say it like that. So I think one thing we should mention about Baylor is, Matt Rule, what are you wearing? Okay. I like Holly's explanation best. I didn't have an explanation. I just asked why he was dressed like he was about to give me a dental x-ray. Oh, see, I, I viewed that as an explanation because this Occam's razor, the simplest answer is he's going to give uh, you a dental x-ray. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
He loves dental x-rays. That's the, the thing answer. that kills me about this outfit is that that shirt probably retails for fucking $120. <laughs> is it a shirt or is it like three shirts? I, I It was like a we had suggestions ranging from a penny in gym class. <laughs> I like to imagine it's a modern version of like what a knight wears under his armor. Yeah, I was calling him he Friar. Put that shit on so he could be a yeah a road coach. Well, you know, yeah, what? I was calling him Friar Truck. What, what, do you call... <laughs> what do you call those those sort of velour a tabard? Plush... No, those velour plush onesies that babies wear, right? That go all the way over the feet, but they're sleeveless. Oh, sleep sacks. Yeah, I thought he was wearing a like a... he busted out of his sleep. I sack? he busted like right. something like go. You no, know, he does kind of have a baby face. He does go swaddle that rule. <laughs> god we should try that with like james franklin oh somebody's gonna at least like eventually they're gonna come out with something that just looks straight up like an infant sleep sack Mm. and the person who's going to look incredible in it gary patterson it's gonna be so sweaty under all that plush velour material oh god no gary patterson you have to sleep on your back it's for safety (laughs) but i'll drown <laughs> Which, oh, God. Is he I was trying a, to move on and I can't. He sleeps in a basin. <laughs> <laughs> he, has to, he has to have a drain cut. Put Gary Patterson in his colander. Gary, Pat- <laughs> Gary Patterson is laying down in his pan like, to go to sleep. He's, he's Dr. Robotnik, but just in like a metal sieve floating on the sideline. <laughs> hey, gang, got a good marinade going down here. <laughs> If I put if I put Gary Patterson in like a terrarium, I'm going to come back in six months. It'll be thriving. <laughs> like, wow, you replicated a rainforest. What did you use? TCU's coach. It's a self-sustaining ecosystem. Just cork the bottle. Why do coaches <sighs> wear such weird shit? Like this is the last Jim time Chizik that inventing the shacket was weird enough. Then PJ Fleck wearing fucking kimonos and shit. Uh, you remember that that like two year period where all the coaching jackets from Nike had like that hexagonal pocket on the outside of the upper arm, like for the, no uh, reason. Yes, yes. That, that we discovered like... would hold a can of Skull, but not even a normal size <laughs> cell phone. The off center pocket. Yeah. Yeah. I think at this point, and Nike and Adidas are just taking turns going. You know what? These guys are cheap as hell and they expect to be fired at any time, even though they make like millions a year. Let's just see what they'll say no to. Nothing? Okay, keep going. I think they might actually be categorically, because they have to come up with new shit every year, right? There are only so many configurations you can do. Yeah. Like next year. Oh, Can man. What if they're all like tactical? Polo? Let's put a spoiler on the pack. That's cool. I would like to see that. And I would also like to see tactical male corsets become a thing. Oh, mm-hmm. they're they're going to at some point they're going to be like, yeah, man, it's dry fit tails. You're going to wear them. Long ass coaches polo in the back. <laughs> That's when Kirk Ferentz is like, finally, gentlemen return. PJ Fleck <laughs> might have been wearing like next season's looks if if that's the case. <laughs> the get back coach has you by the tails. Get back coach is out in the stand. See, this oh is... yeah, what if like they come with a sash and the get back coach can just wind it around his wrists? I want hyper color shirts so that they just all immediately get real sweaty and like neon immediately like. Chip like Kelly luring. dressed up as tactical Tanuki Mario. <laughs> <sighs> we listen, we got away from discussing Florida football. No. And I'm going to keep that going. Good. Dan Mullen's pants. Who do you want to talk about, Holly? Just not Florida. 
Okay. Or Tennessee. Give give us anybody. Give us anybody. Well, I was kind of wondering, we haven't talked to somebody in a while. He was asking me, but I would like to talk to our old friend, the Sandman. Yeah. That's one option. <clears throat> I can never. It's like never... a seance. We got to summon them. <laughs> hey, 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 fellas. Hey, fellas. Ah, and lady fellas. There he is. <laughs> I can never remember the accent. It's going it, to be different every time. It's different every time. No, that's yeah. part of the joy, man. To throw guess, the feds yes. off. In case if we listening. did a super cut, it would sound like that Splice movie, but you're like all of the characters that James McAvoy <laughs> is playing. You're like Val Kilmer in The Saint. Like uh, like what's Ooh, the TV show you? where the character does an ambitious accent and then just gives up? Uh, I I've seen, I've seen the trailer for um, Robert Downey Jr. and this new Doctor Doolittle and yeah oh Oof. yeah he's yeah, from no. every which, by country. By the way, in, guess which it, animal is causing all the trouble? The fucking goose. Honk. The Honk. Con- it's also the Costner and Robin Hood for two right. minutes in that movie. He's like, "Hello, my lady." And then, <laughs> and then at two minutes and one second, he's like, hi, I'm Kevin Costner. Hey, I'm Kevin Costner. Is there any baseball in this? Yeah. You guys got you guys got any Sky Vodka? It's my favorite brand. It comes in a blue bottle and it's very inexpensive. All right. I'm going to go allegedly fuck Kevin, Cal Ripken Jr.'s wife. Wait, oh my, you guys know a lot more Kevin Costner facts than I have ever absorbed. <laughs> Wait, have you never heard this story? No, I've never heard this story. That sound, by the way, is Spencer slapping his bare stomach because he finally managed to get shirtless, and he got real mad at me when I took a picture. Okay, I will. I will do this briefly. This has been kicking around the internet for a while. I don't think it's true, but in in the middle of so specific, why would you make that up? Just Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Just say it happened in Fansville. In the middle Mm. of Cal Ripken Jr. That requires the Baltimore Orioles to exist in Fansville. In the middle of Cal Ripken Jr.'s (laughs) Iron Man streak, they had a game um, that was canceled because there was some sort of lighting issue at the ballpark. Like the power was busy with baseball, and Kevin Costner offered to fuck his wife. That's sweet. Hold on. There was there was a problem where they couldn't get like the outfield lights to work or something, and they postponed the game. The rumor that circulated was that they actually intentionally sabotaged the power system or said it was broken or whatever because Cal Ripken Jr. couldn't play because he had gone home from practice that day, found Kevin Costner in bed with his wife, and punched him. And injured himself and therefore was not going to be able to play and his streak was going to end prematurely. And that's why they set this up. And like both of them have been asked about it. And I think they have both denied it, but in ways that you can't tell that if they're angry that they're being asked this question or if they're like, how did you fucking find How did you fucking find out? There's a sensation here that I haven't really experienced since we since we were doing It Seems Smart. Uh, and since we were first constructing with our friend John Boyce, the scene in which uh, Albert Bell's teammate, whose name now escapes me, was crawling through the ceiling to try and find the umpire's locker room to retrieve the corked bat. Jason Grimsley. And thank you. And Jason Grimsley removes the ceiling tile. And it's like the groundskeeper's lounge uh, or their locker room. And there's a guy in there. And all of a sudden you're you're going about your day. You look up and there's a famous baseball player staring at you from a hole in the ceiling. And just that, that sensation, I'm wondering what the, what the sensation, the moment of awareness is of 
walking in and Kevin Costner's in your bed. And he's not taking a nap. Yeah. I mean, it's weird either way. Yeah, it's yeah, that would also be weird. That might be even weirder, actually. Oh, Goldie, the original Goldilocks. So he walked in and there was no way out. So for whatever it's worth, Snopes.com says this is not true, but I think that's just them making a judgment. We need a Snopes Ooh. for Snopes is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yep. Snopescopes. I'm researching in, a in role. Fansville, Snopes <laughs> is um, the Snopes public is library. <laughs> whatever Mark May thinks is Snopes. Oh, Oof. God. All right, so that that really fucks up the moon landing problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We can make it work. It's fine. No, he's got a he's got a University of Pittsburgh education, and that's also where the space program originated. Yes, correct. <laughs> I would like to say Put I like Pitt that in space. I like that. I like that UCF and uh, gotten a, gotten got real heated up because Purdue dared to kind of sort of not really copy their space helmets. Which, yeah, like, Jesus Christ, Orlando, you're not Canaveral. They literally put a flag on it. And like Purdue has so little this season. Just let them have their space helmets. <laughs> Just let them have the moon. Also, I want to know how many UCF grads have been to the moon. I, they're probably no. I think they ha- I think they have a few astronauts. Obviously, they have they have astronauts, the but I don't think they have anybody who's walked on the moon. No, no there's I no mean, way. how many how many Purdue grads have been to Firestone on Freak Night? Huh? <laughs> Probably more than you would care to know. Yeah, Kyle brother, Orton. The answer is more? Kyle Orton. <laughs> Kyle Orton. <laughs> you want to know who's been to the moon? Who went to UCF? Kyle Orton. Don't ask how. Man, UCF has all of three astronauts. <laughs> I just checked. Um, but I kind of it kind of made me wish that some other school who has no. NASA claim whatsoever. Like, I wish FAU was just like, yeah, fuck it, we're doing full spacesuits too. Eat shit. Listen, dude, Tennessee has a lot of astronauts. It clearly doesn't take much. Right. I want to figure out the least yeah, outer um, space school. UCF has three astronauts. Purdue's got 25. What's Liberty's the- Liberty's like, the Earth is flat, but we've been to the moon. The moon, the moon doesn't exist. The but- moon is 400 years old. We know it because we've been there. BYU's like, we all get our own planets. We have the best claim to space school. That's true. <laughs> I'm going to tell you one. All right. I, I think I'm just going to go ahead and say there's one school where the people there would just be like, no, man. No, man. Moon is uh, moon's too freaky. We're not going up there. I'm going to go ahead and say that there are absolutely no University of Kansas astronauts. That's my guess. Uh, yeah, it's so bumpy. So yeah, bad. if I wanted it's, a frigid hellscape, I'd go outside in February. It's got hills. Ugh. Yeah, it's just, it's not normal. Don't trust it. Moon's haunted. <laughs> <laughs> the Kansas Stayhawks. Cock's gone. Uh, the Sandman's doing good, by the way. Uh, 40, 31, and 1. About 56%. Wow. Yeah, mm. not bad. Uh, the pick of the week this past week was LSU. Minus only two and a half, which I managed to get in March. A savings I, of 12 points. Can the, points. can the Sandman or anyone else help me with this uh, existential question? How did Iowa score 12 points and lose? <sighs> this feels well, like such a this feels like such a powerful Iowa score. It's not like they don't have practice. Yeah. I mean, when Penn State got to 10 against Iowa, it, 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 we sort of looked up like, uh-oh, here we go. Now all they need is 11. <laughs> Yeah. And then they got 11. 
but they needed more than 11? I I mean, yeah, because I did not watch minute one of this game. Not one. I watched... Dan, I think whoever scores more points is going to win this game, and the other team will almost certainly lose. Spencer, I'm going to give you the uh, the remainder of really Iowa's... Nobody? I'm going to give you the remainder, remainder of Iowa's schedule. You tell me if 12 points will win each of these games. Are you ready? Yes. Home versus Purdue. Yes. On the road against Northwestern. Yes, definitely. God, yes. On the road against Wisconsin. No. At home against Minnesota. No. At home against Illinois. Yes. On the road against Nebraska. Yes. <laughs> and they'll do it on Scott Frost Day. So so Iowa's going to go eight and four by scoring 12 points the rest of the way. Also, one more for your bowl for uh, Iowa's bowl. I have oh, them yeah. against I have them against y'all at the moment. Is 12 going to do it against Florida? No, 12 yes. is, not, 12 is <laughs> no, 12 is not an, enough against this Florida team. Shut up. Stop being such a super baby. Wow. Yes. Wow. <laughs> no, we were actually good. Dan Mullen called a great game. See, we're not done talking. No, um, it wouldn't be enough. We would beat them. It would have been enough to beat Michigan. <laughs> it's important to remember 12, 12 would have been enough to beat Michigan. I hate to see it. Um, can I talk about? <laughs> I suspect. I think J- Jason is. You and I are both uh, massive fans of this Hawaii team. Was this their most frantic performance? <laughs> their most panicked, active. <laughs> I would say they this, just they do a lot of stuff. The team that did the most, right? Like I, I don't. I didn't say what kind of most. I didn't say good. I didn't say bad. The Creating that, content. <laughs> the team that posts most frequently that the has spammers the, most, the spammers has the most of tweets, college football the most online team is hawaii <laughs> now they lost 59 37 but it was a really energetic 59 37 they they you know had 24 first downs they just ran a shitload of plays and did they turn the ball over yeah frequently four times just Stuff's going to happen. Yeah, man. The team that uh, beat Arizona despite turning the ball over, what was it, six times? Try yeah. to do that against a better team uh, really far away from home. It didn't work this time. But, hey, we're not going to change who we are. We're going to do the exact same thing next week. We're going to turn the ball over as many times as possible and try to score 50 points because that's how we do it on the rock. They're the anti-Iowa <laughs> We went straight from Iowa to anti-Iowa. My two favorite teams this year are Hawaii and Wisconsin, who are the exact <laughs> the exact extremes of the possibilities of football. Hell yeah, let's talk about Wisconsin. Yeah. Wisconsin oh, is fucking awesome. They are terrific. <laughs> the grinder. The, I the... tuned in to this game when it was, I think, 21 to nothing Wisconsin. I was like, oh, this is just getting good. And this is when they start to like, this is when they are starting to stop trying to score. If that makes any sense, they just can't help continuing to score against Michigan state because unfortunately Wisconsin is too awesome. Just going to call them the Madison Eau Claire tectonic plate. That's their offense. (laughs) What are you doing? Just shifting three feet at a time, slowly grinding away. 
it's very confusing that we're halfway through this season and Northwestern has both scored the most points uh, against Wisconsin and had the closest game against Wisconsin. There's all that reading. It's just confusing. And just like, oh, God, these guys are so smart. Oh, I can't stand it. Nerds. It, it might be because Wisconsin is everything that Northwestern has ever wanted to be as far right. as football goes. Right. Like, this is what they think they're getting at. I mean, isn't this what isn't this what Michigan State wants to be? This is what almost all the Big Ten wants to be, if we're being honest. I think Michigan State just wants to, like, lay down and be quiet. <laughs> For a while. At this point. They're just tired. So tired. Like you said, you said on um you said on this week's POPN that um Texas is probably the best four win team in the nation right now. And I think you're right. The best like the best like four and two team, right? Right. Like the best yeah, the best team that's like because they've got two losses, but both of them were against really good teams. I don't right? know who and the I, I don't games. know who the worst four and two team is. Or four, I two, do. Or, four, or four and three team is, but Michigan yeah. State has a case to be made for it. Let's see what the math says. Here. I mean, Indi- it, well, Indiana's also four and two, so damn it. There goes uh, that. Among Power Five teams, uh, there's Virginia Tech. Oh, God. Virginia <laughs> so, Tech has four wins? Yeah, this has to be some sort of a misprint. I'm How skeptical. is that? They do. Uh, they beat Bogo. ODU. Bogo. They played two FCS games and ODU and uh, Miami's silliest game in a series of silly games. Mm, this is, no. Oh, right. Because remember coming into the season, the Virginia Tech thing was, I don't think they'll be very good, but I don't see how they could lose. They could win fewer than nine games with this schedule. Yeah, they got, no, I'm telling you, they went down to South Florida, they went down to Miami, pulled out a close win, went to Publix, got those BOGO wins. <laughs> like, buy one, get one. Uh, Nebraska is also down there. NC State, uh, Michigan State. The numbers, I guess, are impressed with their defense. Yeah, really. That's. Mm -hmm. I mean, is it Iowa? I know I was. No, Iowa's good. You. What what based on anything you saw out of them allows you to say that the half of football that they prefer to play. Hmm. You just need to get that right, right? Let's just they're, flip that. They're they're good at the half of football that they care about. The the ACC Coastal is just nothing but four win teams. Sorrow. What the hell? The ACC Coastal, by the way, sitting atop that. That's right. Duke. 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 Coach Cut himself. Just up there. Just up there. Darren. Darren Mac Brown to try to get it together. Looking at Bronco Mendenhall like, hey, weirdo, I'm not named after a horse and I'm in first place. That's it. Any insult, any insult toward Bronco Mendenhall starts with, well, at least I'm not named after a horse, mister. Got him. Dang. Got his ass. Yeah, that's uh, I. the only other game that I watched and thought, oh, man, this was both meaningful and interesting on the day when I was like, okay, I, I kind of learned something. Um, and we talked about this a little bit on PAPN, but Oregon, Oregon, Oregon can bang. Like they can bang and they're not just Justin Herbert throwing the ball 30 yards straight. I don't really, there's no arc to his ball when he throws it as hard as he can. And when I mentioned this, uh, readers and followers were like, yeah, it's because he hates his receivers. 
Like he straight up is trying to kill them because they've been that bad for him. But when Justin Herbert throws the ball, he throws it like you're like a zip line, right? Like he's just throwing it down a zip line. It's kind of terrifying and kind of amazing all at the same time. Um, Oregon still has to play, of course, the meat of its schedule. And by that, I mean, Arizona and Arizona state. So, <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> Arizona state again in the Pac-12 title game, of course. No, just them facing Arizona State and Herm. Just, hey, what do you think of Justin Herbert? Oh, he's a quarterback. He's definitely a quarterback. That guy, he's got. He's got. I can't wait to draft him next year. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna do good things with the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> I do like that. As we've sort of started the like, okay, college coaches are getting back into the pro ranks. Nobody uses. Nobody ever like. There's not even a hint of like maybe Herm. Maybe Herm's going. No, it's like no. Nah, he's good. Just, I hope. I hope Herm wins the Pac-12 and then says, "Like, all right, so on to the playoffs." And they're like, "No, Herm, Herm, it's done." <laughs> Who we got in the first round? Who are we um, playing in the wild card? The yeah. Chargers. When will these jokes get old? Never, because Herm's going to win the Pac-12. <laughs> he's not. I mean, that's that part's not true. Do we really think whatever? Jeff Long type person is in charge of the committee this year is going to be able to stop Herm from, you know, challenging. Hey, they could play Missouri. How about that? <laughs> Call that a wild card game. What I'm worried is that they'll come out with the schedule and Herm's going to be like, great, we got a first round bye. <laughs> Please, I hope that happens. It's all I want to happen. I would now listen. If Arizona State and Mizzou are willing, to play post a postseason game that they both insist is the national championship, I will go and I will treat it seriously. I have one other note from this week that I have not managed to fit in anywhere that I think is appropriate. We've managed to we said no, we're not going to talk about Rutgers. That's cool. Can we talk about can we talk about Mega Rutgers? So UConn, oh, um, God, yeah, UConn did something this weekend, which was, uh, yeah, it was sad. It was so sad. I wonder if this actual play is incentivized in Randy Etzel's crazily incentivized contract, the one that has little $1,000 bonuses for UConn doing things like got 10 first downs. Like it's a fucking chore wheel. Yeah. (laughs) Ding! Like Randy Etzel is the first person to ever have the Xbox achievements contract where it's like, congratulations, you have unlocked, scored 20 against an FCS opponent. Well, it's also very Xbox achievements in that, like, they don't necessarily have to be good. It could be like, got hit by eight cars. Ding! <laughs> it's, it's also that bullshit where it's like, completed tutorial. <laughs> <laughs> That's the UMass game, which way too many people want us to go to. We're not going to that. That Heavens was when no. UConn beat Wagner by three. Yeah. So this weekend they played the Tulane Greenway. This allows us to also mention Tulane, five and one, two and oh in conference, looking fearsome. Like God, like they're one of those teams that can run for three hundred yards. Never play a team that can run for three hundred yards and also pass for more than a hundred. It's bad. You don't want any part of it. It hurts. But Tulane, actually good. I think this is the first time since nineteen ninety nine that they've started off five and one back when the coach at the time was Tommy Bowden and his offensive coordinator was Richard Rodriguez. Yeah. 
that's this is as good as they have been in 20 years and maybe maybe longer if you just add up all the stats anyway they they hosed UConn they destroyed UConn because that's UConn football they're not real good at anything they also did the saddest thing that I saw this weekend which was uh, uh, Luke Swanson at Luke from 2011 pointed out um, and by the way he's a staff writer for the UConn blog. So this is coming from <laughs> this is coming from somebody who would really like to say good things about UConn every now and then. UConn might have just ran the saddest punt in history. Down 28 nothing with 25 seconds left in the half, fourth and one in two-lane territory. They punted. Fourth and one. You made me do this. We have to talk about a Rutgers thing because you reminded me it's real. You're welcome. <clears throat> um, this is about Rutgers quarterback Johnny Langan. Somebody pointed this out to us on Twitter. I forget who it was, but I am obligated to talk about it now. Or maybe it was in Slack. I don't remember which. Here are his numbers against Indiana in a game that Rutgers lost 35-0. 5 of 13 passing, 13 rushing attempts. For his trouble... He tallied one passing yard and three rushing yards. That's 26 total times being the responsible party with the ball and four yards of offense. Could you do better? Maybe not. If we just gave you pads and we just handed you the ball... Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I am. He also lost a fumble. Okay. (laughs) So, because I will tell you this, I will be hospitalized after maybe the sixth carry. Oh, sweet. At best. Oh. And I will fumble on maybe all six of them when hit. Let's be honest. I'm going to read the first play of the game word for word. Uh, So Rutgers takes the opening kick. They take a touchback. Langan Johnny sacked for a loss of eight yards to the Rutgers 17. Fumbled by Langan Johnny, recovered by Indiana for 17 yards to the Rutgers zero for a touchdown. Clock 1450. <laughs> <laughs> it's the timestamp that kills there. <laughs> 10 seconds. Well, are. that's a wrap. Thanks for coming. <laughs> At least Nunzio Campanile can go back to his job at running a deli in Fansville. Rutgers was down in this game 21-0 and it, with, with, with eight minutes left in the first quarter. What do you, on the sidelines, what do you do? Just like, everybody drink water. Everybody, halftime will have snacks. <laughs> Remain calm. The Big Ten paid money for this. That's the best part. <laughs>